Courtney Watches Movies. It's the podcast in which I, the titular Courtney, review, analyze, and most likely overthink movies and the filmmakers who brought them to life. How in the world are you today? I hope you are doing delightfully. We will be discussing The Menu. It's the newest movie from Mark Mylod. So I think that this guy doesn't have a lot of feature-length films under his belt. I think he does a lot of television. Which is cool, you know, always branch out, try new things. I think it's been quite some time since his last feature, which is, that's cool. Uh, a pretty cool cast. Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, I, is she not in everything lately? Holy cow, her career is crazy. In a good way. Nicholas Holt, Janet McTeer, Judith Light, Hong Chow. Oh, John Leguizamo's in it. So it's a pretty cool little cast, and it's it's essentially a bottle film, which just means it takes place in one location, and it it takes place in a, a small period of time as well, just a, the matter of a few hours, the whole movie. So the IMDb summary says, a young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Okay, so what this is, this starts off, Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt are waiting to get on a boat to be taken to this exclusive island where this restaurant is. It's a, kind of a prefix six-course menu. It's $1,250 per person, and which that is an astonishing amount of money, obviously, to pay for a meal. But at the same time, they get a lot for it, which is pretty... If you think about it that way, they get taken to, I mean, they get taken to an island. They get shown around the Nordic-style traditional meat smokehouse. They get shown about, they get shown around the barracks where the staff lives. They just kind of, they get shown the gardens where they grow the produce, all this jazz. And then obviously it says very, very fancy six-course prefix menu. And so, yeah, it is a lot of money, but if you have the money to do it, why not, you know? And if you're a big food person. But the head chef over this whole scenario is played by Ray Fiennes. He's playing a chef named Julian. And right off the bat, you get the sense that something is wrong, but you can't really put your finger on it. And I have some concerns about how this was marketed and only in the sense that I think a lot of people are going to see it thinking it's a horror film. And it's really not. If anything, I guess I would call it a suspenseful black comedy, but it's not. In my screening, there was a lot of teenagers and I was almost wondering if they were expecting something more outright horrifying or slashery because the trailer did make it seem like there might be some kind of cannibalism element or some most dangerous game type thing where the staff ends up chasing the guests through the island, but that's a very small portion of it, actually. 
So I, it could end up be de being disappointing and not exactly what people were expecting. But, you know, I like that in a movie. I like that the trailer was a misdirect. I think that's cool. But throughout the night, as the courses keep coming in, it's split into sections that are essentially named after the courses. And what's, what I enjoyed was the... What actually made me laugh the hardest was the descriptions of the courses. Because they're just preposterous and the movie knows that they're preposterous and a big part of this is mocking foodie culture like people who are pretentious about food and I, I think there's a lot of people who are like that and that's that's Nicholas Holt's character you know he's the guy that has seen every episode of Chef's Table three times and learns about all the machines that can do different effects to turn food into something else you know he's like a he's a total dork about it and at first you're kind of going well okay who cares you know people I, I remain in the camp of let people like things you know what I mean even if it's not something I like I, why does it matter to me if if you, it gives you joy that's how I feel about, for instance, I'm really not into professional sports. I don't care to watch like a football game or a NBA or MLB, any of that. But it doesn't bother me that people like it. So I'm in the camp of, if this guy wants to be an obsessive stan of this chef played by fines, why not? You know, he's not going to harm him, What, whatever. But as the movie goes on, you start to realize that he is a fan to the point of being unhinged and unreasonable. And as the night progresses, you begin to realize that all of the people are there for a reason. They were picked by the chef to be a component of this menu. And again, I don't mean it in a cannibalism sense. That's too literal. There, it might be better described as almost a theatrical production. I'm trying to choose my words carefully because of spoilers, obviously. But they're all part of this menu. And part of the issue that Rafe Fiennes has is that Anya Taylor-Joy was never meant to be there. She's taking the place of Nicholas Holt's former girlfriend who broke up with him. And so she came with him instead. So she kind of ruins... Ray finds his plan. She, he's very upset with her because she's kind of like a a wrench that's been thrown in. Because he had this all meticulously planned out. He and his staff worked on this for, it seems like, close to a year. This particular night. They've got the food critic that claims to have discovered him. In that, and she's played by Janet McTeer. And the it, it it doesn't clarify who this gentleman is, but he work in some capacity works for the magazine that she writes for. So that's a duel that's there. They're obviously handpicked, and she's just ridiculous. The pretentious words she uses. She seems so full of herself, so up her own butt. It's just it's so embarrassing. And then there's uh, a married older couple who are there because they are regulars. He says later they've been 11 times in two years, which is pretty extreme. That's a lot of money in two years to spend on meals. 
but whatever. So they're there on purpose because he recognizes them. They're regulars. And then there's three gentlemen who are like finance bros. Pretty obnoxious. And we find out that they work for Ray Fiennes' angel investor. His, his angel investor in the restaurant. So everybody's kind of connected. And then John Leguizamo plays kind of a washed up actor. And he's there with his assistant. And... He's just a name dropper. He's been telling everybody that he and the chef are buds. You know, he's kind of one of those like sleazy Hollywood guys. Oh yeah, I know, I know the chef, bro. Like I know the chef. And so everybody's just overly obnoxious. That was right off the bat. I was not into it. I was like, there's no subtlety to this. But to be fair, I don't think there's meant to be. It's just like when I just saw Triangle of Sadness, right? Maybe subtlety was not intended, and it probably wasn't. I think you're supposed to be pretty annoyed with them right off the bat. And Anya Taylor-Joy represents kind of the average person who is going, why am I being served foam over a burnt lace? You know what I'm saying? And that would be me, totally. This meal would be lost on me. If it were food I would enjoy... That would be a really cool experience for me, but I am so, I'm so picky. I'm like, brother, you just brought me a scallop on a rock. You better take that back. This is not, but so that would be lost on me. But again, for people who enjoy stuff like this, let them have joy. And that, that was the part I kind of was a little perturbed by, but you realize that the crux of the problem that Rafe Hines is having is he has lost his passion for cooking. He's extremely skilled. He's extremely talented. And he has backed himself into a corner in his career where he has to be this expensive. His ex To eat at his restaurant has to be this expensive. He's this exclusive. He's this fancy and he's this pretentious and he's he's uncomfortable with his own exclusivity and that's why he has this resentment toward all these people this food critic who helped him out a lot on his way up but she, her words her flippant words have carelessly destroyed many other livelihoods and that he has this I'm trying to think of the right word. He has a he has this conflict within himself because he he is successful. He is at the top of his field. And it's just that classic sense of it's lonely at the top. He has this all, all this resentment toward the older couple who are regulars of his because he knows that they only attend his crazy island restaurant for status and they don't even care about the food and all he cares about is the food. He's mad at the three finance bros because he knows they're just coming to, to say they've been. So he has all of this resentment building up and this, this night is when it's all going to bubble over and he has this glorious plan. And again, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be touchy about this because I don't want to do spoilers, but it's all going to culminate in the final course and it's probably not what you think it is the like i said the trailer is very very misleading which is good in my opinion but there's a lot there's a lot going on in terms of 
social commentary on class warfare, which is like, <sighs> again, I just saw Triangle of Sadness. So I'm a little bit social commentary on class warfare out. And I know that's, <laughs> I know that's controversial to say, but Ray Fiennes and his staff are, they're the servers and the guests are the eaters. And because Anya Taylor-Joy was not on the list and she's kind of this enigma, he keeps trying to, trying to question her, like, are you one of us or one of them? Are you an eater or a server? And he's trying to get to the bottom of it because he wants to know whose side she's on, right? So there's a lot of this heavy, heavy mockery of just blank statement, rich people, and a lot of commentary on the service industry. Now, obviously, this is a really dramatic, hyper, hyper, hyper stylized version of the service industry. The vast majority of people who work in restaurants are not going to be working on an island at this kind of, in this kind of scenario for a chef who has almost cult-like control over them. And that's the really alarming part. So I've never worked in the food service industry, but that sure, that seemed really alarming that these staff just do not question him. They go along with what he says. There's very little, there's an element of the plot that I don't want to give away, but when you see it, you'll have questions going, why did all of the staff go along with this? I felt like I wanted more explanation and background of why none of them questioned him on this particular plot element. And you'll know it when you see it, if you choose to see this movie. And maybe that's part of the commentary too, you know, that they don't spend any attention on the, on the staff, you know? Oh, Maybe that's a commentary on we don't pay enough attention to the staff in life, you know? It's just very, very heavy-handed. Similarly to Triangle of Sadness, I'm like, this is just like environmentalism. We're destroying the planet. It, it's starting to feel like Hollywood is only telling four stories over and over again, you know what I mean? And it's always this... Uh, well, not always, but one of them is this very vaguely socialistic, communistic fight for the little man. Everybody needs to be equal. You know, it, that's just, it comes up a lot. And the only thing I think that saves it from completely just being straight up propaganda to me is that Ray Fiennes is unequivocally portrayed as being completely insane and you don't pick up on that at first but as the movie progresses you're going oh no the movie is not on his side it's not the movie's not on anybody in this film's side and which i think is a really interesting choice but at the end of the day part of me keeps thinking why are so many movies so bitter now look i don't mind dark elements to movies. I don't, I, I love a dark comedy. I, I don't mind if this, if it's kind of a bleaker subject matter, but to me, bitterness is a whole different enchilada. Like that's completely different. And I don't particularly enjoy watching bitterness just play out. And so unfortunately that it just, and I could be misinterpreting, but it did feel as though 
the filmmakers were coming from a very just nasty and angry place. And I don't have a huge interest in watching that. And the thing is, is the performances are wonderful. Ray Fiennes is perfect in his role as this, at the end of his rope, artist who's completely lost all of the love that he had for food. Anya Taylor-Joy is excellent. The whole ca- the ensemble's excellent. Everybody just goes there. They are not afraid to be unlikable, and they all are. And the performances are great. The production value is insane. It's beautiful to look at. And the I think... I have a feeling that the score will get a lot of commentary because it... A lot of positive commentary because it was really fun. I liked the music. And I... You know, if you look... If you put aside the class warfare stuff... I do think it has something interesting to say about the danger of putting, finding your identity in what you do and finding your identity in what you create and how you make money and not in other things because it's heavily implied that a, a good portion of why Ray Fiennes is so unhappy is because he has nothing else in his life. So he's poured all of his blood, sweat, and tears into this stinking restaurant, into getting the really high-profile she- chefy reputation he has. And it's like, does he have anything else? Was at the expense of his entire every other part of his life that makes life worth living. And I'm not discounting the art of it because I do think when he started out, the art of cooking was important to him. And it's, it's, listen, it's important to the human race. People bond over food. It's very, very psychological, especially, especially in the U.S. We, we probably, probably like food too much, right? But in general, but I'm not discounting the importance of that. It is important in, in terms of making people feel comfortable and at home and warm. Food is important. It plays a big role. But you can tell he's just totally burned out. He's so tired of having to cater to the kind of people that can afford his restaurant. Because he knows they'll never be happy. And maybe, maybe the, he's, he's exaggerating that in his head. And maybe he's kind of a victim of his own trajectory of success because he set the bar too high. It's almost impossible to not let people down. If they're psyching themselves up to go on this boat journey, go to this beautiful, crazy, remote island and have this extremely lavish fancy meal the way that our imaginations work how could they not be let down on some level so there's just a lot of catch-22s going on in this movie it's like every he's backed himself into a corner big time big time the problem is his inability to recognize who the real villain is which is himself so he kind of now, he does take some responsibility for it, but he projects 
his own disappointment, anger, rage, and resentment toward himself and his own decisions. He projects that onto everybody else. And they played, they played a, they played a role, but you're going, my friend, your main issue is with yourself because at any minute you choose, you can just put it all to bed. You could go right off into the sunset, have somebody else take the restaurant over, you know what I mean? But he just can't relinquish that control, even though he's miserable. (laughs) So I'm sure... A lot of people are going to focus the most on the social commentary. I That's not the, the major thing that I personally got from it. And I think a lot of this is pretty subjective, right? And I just, I have a lot to think about. I will be thinking about it, just the dangers of not, of, of finding your identity in the wrong things. And how that will always end in unhappiness. So, okay. All that being said, I think I'm going to give this... I'm surprising myself because (laughs) normally I am not about socialist propaganda. But I don't even think that's fully what it is. So I'm surprising myself a little bit. But I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I... I liked it more than I, I liked a lot of elements of it more than I thought I would. And the performances are excellent. 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 I wish Ray Fiennes could be in, I don't, I know, like maybe a quarter of all movies that come out. I thought he was really hilarious in this. He just had the right attitude. He was, he was very good. So yeah, 7.5 out of 10. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate. It really helps me out. Also, follow me on Instagram at Courtney Watches Movies and Twitter at Movie Courtney. I am still reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. And yep, I haven't listened to any music today. <laughs> so pretty crazy. But thank you guys for listening, and I will see you at the next one. Bye.